This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is November 23rd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. Hopefully a very happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate uh, on Thursday. It should be a really, really fun time. I cannot wait to just eat everything. Everything in sight will be in my stomach and I can't wait. The Bruins are getting everybody talking. Bruce Cassidy specifically. Should cranberry sauce be on the table at Thanksgiving? My answer is yes, obviously. What, like That's a staple. I thought everyone did that. I didn't think cranberry sauce was like a controversial thing. I thought everybody did that. But anyways, there are real Bruins topics to discuss this week. And to do so, I had on my good friend, Marina Marr of Barstool Sports. She covers the Bruins for Barstool. Uh, She's been on a few times before, I think. Uh, So you guys know her. You love her. You follow her on Twitter, probably. Uh, But at any rate, we talked a lot about the goaltending. Vladar shutting the Bruins out got us talking a little bit about some people's concerns regarding the Bruins offseason moves. We talked Olmark. We got into Tuka Rask, a lot of Tuka Rask stuff. Uh, and then we got into some good things, right? Jakob Zaboral. Well, that's about it. <laughs> but this was, we, we discussed a lot of bigger picture stuff in this episode. I think you'll enjoy it. As always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online and our good friends, our local good friends over at Insa. Make sure to go support Insa. Go in today. Remember? Remember a penny. A penny gets you a shirt. You literally say, Bruins Beat sent me. They give you, you hand them a penny. They give you a cool-ass shirt. So make sure to go do that whenever you can. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Marina Mar. And we're here with Marina Mar. Marina, what is up? How are we doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course. I'm doing great. It's been a little while since we've had you on, I think. It's been... I don't know. It was like midway through last year because I know I came on Morning Skate, but I think it's been a little yeah. while since you've been on here. So it's it's good to get you back, get you back it's in nice the rhythm. To be back. And, oh yeah, no, and it's uh, of course it comes after a tough, bad loss on Sunday night that you have to come on for. It's a little bit of a negative episode, I guess. Um, but what did you think of that loss? I mean, that was just. Uh, it's funny. I actually I don't mean to ruin people's days because I'm going to ruin people's days with this. That's the probably the worst I've seen them play on Garden Ice since another four nothing loss or was four one. 
I was four a few, a <laughs> a few summers ago. Um, what did you think? Is it cause for um, concern? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's so hard to judge this team right now because they just haven't been playing hockey games. But you go from the elation of, you know, a good win against Philly, 11 different players with a point, secondary scoring come through, and then just an absolute dud to Calgary. Um, for me, the biggest thing is just, like, they're beating teams that they're supposed to beat, but they cannot beat the teams that are better than them. If you told me that the Flames are going to be better than better than them in July, I would have been like, no, like, coaching change and whatnot. Uh, but here we are, the Flames are rolling, and, like, it's easy to be like it's the second night of a back-to-back. Well, it's like, well, they hadn't played, you know, the five, six days before. Calgary played back-to-back as well. Like, they were, they're on the – of the, they're on the end of a seven-game road trip. So I don't know. It's been difficult to judge this team. The high from Philly, the low from last night against Calgary. Uh, they haven't been playing many games. So I'm holding out, I guess, hope. I'm not pressing the panic button yet. I think in a couple of weeks, uh, if this trend continues, however, uh, maybe I'll be starting to press the panic button. Yeah, so I think, again, I said this last week on Bruins Beat, I, exactly what you said. They're beating the teams they should beat. They're not beating the teams they shouldn't uh, that, that are better than them. Meaning, they're a middle tier team. This is not a Bruins team that lives with the lore of twelve thirteen and thirteen fourteen and ten eleven and even the Bruins teams of years past. This is a middle of the road team. That's not bad, you know. That's not terrible, but they're middle of the road. Now, I think what was unique about Sunday night's game, the four nothing loss. Uh, was obviously Dan Vladar gets a shutout. By the way, good for Dan Vladar. I mean, the guy yeah. gets traded. He's thriving up in Calgary. Like, great for him. That's that's amazing. Good good dude. Four zero and one this season with a nine forty five save percentage and two shutouts. And that one uh overtime loss was to the Maple Leafs. It was two to one, and he stood on his head the whole game. And you could look at kind of the Calgary defensive system and point to that. But I think what a lot of Bruins fans are saying after uh, Sunday night's game was uh. This team, did they make the wrong move? Did they did they trade away the wrong goalie? Um, and I think a lot of people are saying, well, they shouldn't have signed Olmark uh, because, you know, look at what Vladar is doing and look at the money you shelled up for Olmark. So I think there's a couple tiers to this argument. I think, number one, a lot of people are quick to say Olmark is not worth the money. And I think we'll get to that in a second. But with Vladar, you, you didn't want to come into this season with two unproven young goalies. I think that was the biggest thing. You don't want to come into a season if you're a cup contending team with two rookie goaltenders, right? right. In net. And I, I still stand by that. Vladar's playing great. That's amazing. But I don't think you want to come into the season with Vladar and Swayman in net. What I think people should be looking at a little bit of, and I know it's early and I'm, I think Olmark's going to get hot down the, down the stretch and be, you know, very good at points during the season. But I think there were enough veteran goalies out on the market that you could have gotten one cheaper to play with Swayman considering Rask probably is coming back. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Yeah, it's a fair assessment for sure. I think there's a lot of revisionist history going on. Uh, Bruins fans, they have such high expectations. So when, you know, someone they dealt shuts them out, it's not going to feel good. But Dan Vladar <laughs> wasn't in their plans. Like, he just wasn't. They weren't going to, like you said, they weren't going to go into the season with the Swayman and Vladar um, duo. They just weren't. So it's hard for me to get upset about that. Um and no one played good last night for the Bruins. Like, oh, terrible. Not, oh, my God. I mean, like, Zaboral, maybe. But, like, even me saying that is just, like, a problem in itself. So, I don't – it was just a total team dud. And so, going back to it, yeah, you can point, you can point to Allmark and be like, they made a significant 
you know, investment in him and he hasn't, you know, turned the tide on that investment yet. But I still think it's it's really early in the season, so I can't get too worked up about it. Um, Tukarask is a question mark. I, I've heard some rumblings they're going to make a decision on him in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens there. But, it, it, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for Dan Lodar. Like, he should want to stick it to the Bruins and be like, you know what, you traded the wrong goalie. And it was the first time Jeremy Swayman gave up, what, more than two goals on home ice. So I yeah. think it was, was that his first goal. home loss, too? I think that was his first home loss. He didn't lose think- against... I can't remember. Omar was in against. It might have been his. See, first. they play. They play like once no, a month. No, they played. Now, so. um... <laughs> you might be right. I think you might be right. I think he does have a. He must have a home loss. I think so. Must because that would have Anyways. been a story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it was continue. a first. Yeah, it's definitely not his first home loss. Um, but was it? Yeah, That's because a great wasn't question. he and... <laughs> so I funny. think it was. It feels Doing like I know this research. Is... I know this is great, but I do think that I, I believe people are punching their steering wheel right now. I always say people are punching their steering wheel <laughs> when they don't know something. They are absolutely, they We're might be furious. on the windshield. They might be on the windshield. Folk Z is just like lost his mind at I this point. I'm milk this. right now. Um, but I, 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 I do, I do think though, like I, one argument that a lot of people made at the time with the money they gave to Omar again, five years, $20 million or four years, $20 million, five million per that's starting goalie money. It was the first loss said, for Jeremy Swayman at the TD Garden last I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was I was like, I feel like that definitely was. Um now people can stress you know, stress free, they can rest on it. All right. No, we we figured it that. out. Oh no, we leave everything in. We leave everything <laughs> in. Uh, but I do think that you know a lot of people said at the time you could have put that money towards defense, right? But if you look back at the free agent market this offseason, the biggest fish were Jamie Alexiak and Alec Martinez. And Martinez wanted to stay in Vegas. You weren't getting him out of there. And Jamie Alexiak went to Seattle, a team with deep, deep pockets, who paid him a lot, right? You were not paying either of those guys top dollar at the, that point in their careers, right? So the idea that, oh, they should have just got a defenseman, like, it's not that easy. There were not a lot of free agent defensemen. I think that hits at a larger point of, like, I don't think you can build your team through free agency anymore. That's a whole nother, whole nother time of the year. Oh. But I do think, absolutely question why they signed Olmark to what they did and didn't go for a more veteran Halak-like player. But you can't sit here and be like, well, they should have just spent the money elsewhere. Like, I don't think that's a fair assessment either because there weren't a lot of other options. And it was the biggest, it was the biggest question mark wild card going into the season, right? Like Rask had surgery. You didn't know what was going to come of the goaltending. So for me to be here and act surprised and mad that a goaltender hasn't, you know, push the pace and whatnot and win that Sarge position. I know Cassidy said that Swayman is probably a little ahead of Olmark, but I think Olmark will turn the tide here. I think, you know, if he gets some games under him, he didn't look bad against Edmonton. I think it was just another total team collapse in that third period. So I get Bruins fans frustrations. I get why they want to go back to the summer and redo things, but I just think we're too early in the season when they haven't played a, enough games for me to figure out who they are. If yeah, the Bruins can kind of figure something out the ne- these next two weeks, because they're playing every other night, you know, starting Wednesday for fucking, I mean, the schedule is insanity. We can get into that, but I, I just cannot, I don't know if it's just me being positive, just me, just, you know, I just cannot get up to complain about not re or not 
that we shouldn't have traded Dan Vladar like on a Sunday night in November. You know what I mean? Like it's just exactly, exactly. No, I no, I agree with you. I think the the Vladar tr- trading Vladar, I, I'm not against that. Like I think again, you got what was it, a third round pick? Yeah. So like you got something. You know, you got a legit thing. Also, I, I can't. With the way things work in the Bruins world, I can't sit here confidently say if Ladar was playing with Swayman behind this decor, I can't sit here and say that he would have the same numbers, right? Exactly. Like, I think we can right. agree that, the that Dan Ladar would not. They're legit. Like, they, like, yes. all three, all three zones, like, they're unbelievable. They're relentless. They're great for Like, they're a really fucking good team, and it's kind of surprising, like I said earlier, but, and that's where the problem is right now. The Bruins are team, the Bruins are beating the teams they're supposed to beat against the tougher teams that are better than them, they're struggling. And to see the Bruins kind of middle of the pack is, is weird as a Bruins fan. Um, I know people always talk about playoffs are like, you sh- if you're in the playoffs by Thanksgiving, usually you're going to make it to the playoffs. I forget what the percentage is. But like the Bruins haven't really played enough games for me to be like, all right, I'm confident in the playoffs. But that's a whole nother story. But yeah, it's just, I think we're just early in the season and Bruins fans just love to complain because all fans love to complain. They're passionate. They're very when they passionate. Are, yeah, when so, they aren't winning, like, what? I want to see my team win. Exactly, exactly. But something to help people chill out a bit when times are tough. Uh, our good friends over at Instant Dispensaries. I'm going to audible, and I'm going to talk about cannabis, specifically Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensaries, INSA, I-N-S-A. They're the premier because the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it's for everyone. Instant Dispensaries are inviting and modern. So come in, even if just to learn more, some people have reached out to me and said they've been going in and actually really liking it. So good, good reviews thus far, which is awesome. The staff are authorities on the science who answer every single question from differences between flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia, anxiety, or just want to hang out with some friends. Ansa has a world-class head chef too, and only hires the most respected growers who perfected the craft when it wasn't so legit. One last thing. The Ansa founders aren't some bros from, from, Silicon Valley, but lifelong pals, Marina, from Springfield, Mass. Can't beat that Springfield, Mass intelligence. I so love my it. husband went to school. It's where we met. So Springfield, there Mass. There you go. Springfield, Mass has a home in your heart, and it should have a home in everyone else's heart as well. So there's only a, there's another local team to root for, and that is INSA. In Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, and two Springfield locations, including just off I-91, beside the MGM Casino, Mention we said to stop by for a sweet t-shirt for a single penny. Say we sent you for a penny, literally for a penny. Go get it. You get a free, for you get a t-shirt. You, so 877-500-INSA or INSA.com. Go there now and go support INSA dispensaries. All right. So I want to talk about why I think you mentioned the Rask stuff. And I'd said at the beginning of the year, you know, uh, worst case scenario for the Bruins would be, uh, well, actually a, a better case scenario would be, both of your goalies are really bad. You're bringing Rask back because you really need him. Both your goalies are outstanding. You don't even need Rask anymore. You're like, nope, sorry, we're, we're we're good for now. But the worst case scenario is they're both average, right? You don't really know what you have. You haven't played a lot of games. They've split the time. Swayman's numbers are a tiny bit better, but not by any considerable amount that you would say, oh, because you said, oh, he's much better. So you have this weird situation where – you, you think you might need Rask, but you haven't played enough to really believe you need Rask. The goaltending hasn't been the issue. It hasn't been outstanding, but it hasn't really been the issue through the first uh, 14, 15 games. So what do you do? What do you do with Tuka Rask if you're the Bruins? 
It's a, it's a great question. I wish I knew the answer. Like you said, it's three different scenarios, and unfortunately, they're in the worst scenario for it. Um, I think the flexibility that they can um, put Swayman back into the AHL, I think, helps them um, in that factor of re-signing Rask. But I don't – like, they would know better than anyone, than any other team, right? Because he's in their facilities. He's, you know – on the ice with them, not with them, but you know what I mean? Like they, they see what he can bring and do. So if they feel that he's up for and that he can kind of get back to that level, like, fuck it, why not? You know? So I, I've always been along uh, to grasp defender. Um, he seems to be the scapegoat of the town for whatever reason, because he hasn't brought a championship and whatnot and whatever, but it's such an interesting thing to talk about. Right. Like, Tukaras coming back in the fold, helping a team. I, 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 Boston is definitely his first destination, but like, imagine seeing him anywhere. Imagine seeing him in like Edmonton, like that. Yeah. That's just weird. So I don't, I don't expect him back, but it wouldn't surprise me if he came back. It, uh, the way the money, if you were an outsider and you didn't know the situation, you just saw the situation. Just on paper, you would say, no way he's coming back, right? The Bruins don't have a ton in cap space. They have a goalie locked up for five million. They got the goalie of the future who's young, um, right behind him. To, you know, they don't really technically need a goaltender, but I mean, the guy wants to be here. Right. And he's practicing at Warrior and which we expected, but he ain't going anywhere. Like I think they're probably, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine there are teams who are, who would easily pay five million. Five and a half for a rest. I do wonder what price he comes in at. Like, right. you don't have much cap space. It's for half a season. Is he making like a million? A million and a half? Like, I he wonder what he ends like, up getting. I, I would imagine the bare minimum, right? Whatever you can get him at, I think he would be happy at. You know, if he really wants to be here, like, how does he say no to something like that? And I think he alluded to it earlier in the summer, right? So it's such an interesting, interesting dynamic. Cause like you said, like, they're kind of average middle of the pack right now where a guy like Tukarask would help, right? Like, I don't think Olmark and Swayman, like, have won games for this team. Whereas, you know, Tukarask had some unbelievable nights as, as a Bruins goaltender where he absolutely won you some games. So the Bruins need to stockpile some points. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I wish I knew what Don Sweeney was thinking right now. Um, but... It's such an interesting, interesting thing to talk about because I can see both sides of the argument. I don't know how they'll fit them in, but I'm sure they know ways how. They have a bunch of guys who I'm sure tell Sweeney what's going on with the cap every day. So, man, that would be something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Bruins fans, you know, the sensible Bruins fans would feel about it. And then, like, the other side of the coin where they're just like – Oh my God! Can't believe we brought Tuka back. What are you doing now? They're never gonna win a Stanley Cup. Like I, I would, I would bring him back just for that reaction alone. Like I would just love to see people's minds explode. The Twitter mentions wouldn't be as fun, but <laughs> I do think it's funny though. You mentioned the fact that Omar and Swayman haven't really like won you games yet, right? They haven't stole any games, and I do think that's legitimate. I also just think though, like I do wonder um, the areas that this team needs, right? You, you need. So definitely your depth scoring to get going. Uh, you need better output from your defense, but not goaltending, not goal scoring wise, but just better defensive play. And I, I do think those are the issues. I don't, I don't look at goaltending as an issue. I kind of look at it as like 
it's just middle of the road. Kind of like your team. Middle right. of the road team. So I almost look at goaltending as like, it's not like you're dying for a goaltender. But it would help, right? I don't think Rask coming back would hurt. I also think it's funny you mentioned when he said earlier in the summer, one of the things he'd said on EEI was, you know, he wanted to be like a mentor almost. And they were almost bringing him back as like a player slash goalie coach. I remember being surprised by that. Uh, but I think he just really wants to stay. I do. And I think, again, if you can get him fresh for the postseason, that's not the worst thing in the world. Now, you do have to wonder, what do you do with Allmark? And what does that do to Swayman's development, right? Swayman is your guy for the next 10 years, hopefully. So the last thing you want to do is stunt his growth, right? Send him back to Providence or, you know, have him never play any games. So I don't exactly know the right route with that. Like, not only is it going to be tough to get it under the cap, but it's also going to be really difficult to just put him in the lineup. But I just, I think there are some bigger needs on this team, which we'll get to in a second. Um, Because I think that, again, I don't know if goaltending is your need. I think your need right now is, I mean, at this deadline, Marina, they're in need for like two defensemen. Right. Like in and a, that's a, a like, perfect world. And that's like two where defensemen. the Jekyll and Hyde comes in like Saturday against Philly. Like defense looked good. You know, Omar played well. We got some secondary scoring. And then you put up a dud against Calgary where defense was optional. Like defense has definitely been a point of contention this entire season. Like I think I've harped on the defense more than ever, you know, more than any year ever. Um Forbort has kind of become that scapegoat on defense, even though he's scoring goals. Um, so yeah, it's just like I if you know what? It feels like we talk about the same thing every year. The secondary scoring and the defense. So it's just like something's gotta give. And the fact that Sweeney hasn't addressed it properly yet. Um, you know what I think? I think this team now more than ever misses David Krejci. I think the at the middle of the lineup, like not to harp on Charlie Coyle, but like him and Taylor Hall just don't look right together. Like they just don't look like they have had that chemistry yet. And I think, oh God, Taylor Hall more than anything, I think misses David Krejci. And, and Logan Mullen was saying this last week on here, and it's a great point, is most years when the Bruins have been at their best, they have guys playing in lower roles than you know, you, you right. necessarily want them in, right? Coyle as a third line center is a plus. That's great. Perfect. Now he's a second line center and he hasn't been bad. Like Coyle has been fine. Right. And that's, it's fine. not to say that like, he's not capable of being a great second line center. It's just that we're early in the season. We haven't seen it yet. And the guys you want to get going right now, the Taylor halls of the world, like they aren't going like, so that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, hundred percent. No, I agree. And it was funny as with Taylor Hall. Um, I actually think Taylor Hall played fairly well against Calgary on Sunday night. It just I mean, he almost had a goal bounce right over his his stick. So I, I think it was it was big of Pasa to give him that empty netter against Montreal because I do think the floodgates are going to open eventually for him. But I think if if he had another year with David Krejci, I just would have loved to see it. So that's the other thing. It's like I think a him with Krejci would have been spectacular, as it was at the end of last season. But you even look at you know Coyle playing above uh, where he should be at the second line, Mike Riley playing up, Matt Grizzlick playing up. You have all these guys who are n- normally who would be second or third pairing defensemen or third liners who are up on that second line. Even Nick Felino on the right. second line. He's not a second liner at this point. He's a really solid third liner. That's what you signed him for. You could even make the argument Craig Smith is a third liner. That's what you signed Craig Smith to be pretty much was a a third line right winger. So you have a lot of guys playing up, uh, but it's a pretty safe bet that the Bruins will probably come around at some point, right? Pretty safe bet, but we're talking really safe bets. Uh, we're, the bet online is back. 
it's better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game stats. All right, so we've discussed some bad things, right? This has been pretty negative for the first 20 minutes. The one good thing I saw Sunday night, and this I think is impactful, right? We didn't expect this to be a thing, was Jakob Zaboro. Jakob Zaboro continues to look Solid, right? He's not a game changer. He's not this crazy good defenseman. He's not going end to end all the time. Not scoring a ton of goals and he won't. But he's solid. He's solid. And I think that's what you need. You need just a solid two-way defender on that, on that third pairing. And that might save you at the deadline. Would I be correct in that assumption? I think so. Uh, definitely a little bit. Um, as much as we've harped on the defense, he, you know, the last few few weeks has looked good um it's almost stunning and and you almost forget that he was a first round pick and that he's capable of these of these things not you know um bit of a late bloomer but i'm happy it's coming around for him um i'm sure i've shit on him in the past so forgive me (laughs) it's nothing to do with you it's everything to do with don and and everyone drafting but you know he didn't draft himself like he he doesn't get to pick where he goes so um, he mentioned that he got rid of social media and maybe that's helping, you know, blocking up the noise, but good for him. Um, as much as we've talked about the defense, like he's been a bright spot these last few games and hopefully he sticks with it and continues to be more assertive. And, you know, I, it's, it's a good thing that this is happening now, right? Like if he was another one of those that like, you know, the defense wasn't playing well, he wasn't playing well, couldn't be a mainstay in the lineup for, I don't know how many years it's been now. So a good, I'm happy, I'm happy for him. And it ultimately, it, it helps the Bruins. Um, he's still trying to find his sweet spot. I think he's, he's looked really good these last few games and it's something that they've needed desperately. Um, so I look for, I'm just going to look for some more consistency from him. See if he can actually stay in the lineup because he's had some flashes in years past where he, he's came, you know, had a good game or two, but then kind of went back down. So We'll see if he stays in the lineup, but yeah, he's looked he's looked pretty good so far. Yeah, and again with a guy like Zavoral, I remember Connor Ryan always used to say this. Just he's like a lineman, right? You don't want to notice him. He's just do your yeah. job. That's it. And just break the puck out, exit the zone cle- like cleanly, like shut your guys down. And I think that's what he's done. And again, on that third pairing where the contenders are Connor Clifton, who's cliffy hockey, it's crazy, it's wild, it's wacky, it's all over the place along with uh, Mike Riley, who is a really good puck mover, but has his defensive uh, issues. A a stable presence like Jakob Zaboral, which I did not expect to be saying in November. I never thought I'd be saying like, oh yeah, stable presence is Jakob Zaboral. But he is. I think think people forget that he like asked for a trade like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? And I think like the Hurricanes or someone was interested and they were going to send a pick back. But yeah. It's, it's night, it's almost night and day for him. So I'm, I, I couldn't be happier for him, you know, like shut the haters up, like let your play do the talking. And like you said, it's like, it's like a, a lot of those third pairing guys. Like if I don't notice you, it's a good thing. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think part of the problem's been we've noticed them um, consistently for not great things. Um, I do wonder, though, who gets the boot, who who's in the lineup the most on that third pairing, because right now you have Riley, Saboral, and Clifton. Uh, Clifton was in for a bit with Saboral, and then Clifton came out for Riley. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a real preference. I think you'd love to have a lefty-righty situation there, but Clifton, I, Clifton, I, I like but I don't know if he can play every single night. I think it's that's another chaotic. issue. It's chaotic. It's Cliffy Hockey is just chaotic. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So I think Cassie likes a sure thing, maybe. Um, but we started this year with Grizzlick McAvoy. I mean, they forced Forbort McAvoy. But in reality, it was supposed to be Grizzlick McAvoy, um, you know, Riley Carlo, and then, you know, the third pairing was going to be up for grabs, whether it was Forbort and, you know, Clifton or whatever. So the entire, all of the pairings have kind of been put into a blender at this point. So I think it's just, you know, continuing that puzzle, trying to find, you know, the most consistent, what, what are we going to get every night that's consistent? And I don't know if it's Clifton. I, I, he's had some flashes of good games, but then he's had some flashes of bad penalties and just, you know, chaoticness. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And I think we will see as the schedule progresses, they're playing every other night for the most part for the next month. I think, um, there's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some stuff that comes up. I think you're going to continue to see, you know, Clifton in a couple of games, Borland a couple of games until someone really proves that they deserve to be there. But right now is is proving that. So I think it's something that remains to be seen. I thought it was really interesting that Cassidy sent uh, Kevin Dean up into the to the ninth floor to kind of watch the defense, you know, a couple games back. So it's something that I think they will address at the trade deadline. I think they, they still need a true top four defenseman, preferably left shot. But I've been saying this for years, you know? Yeah. And I don't, again, I don't know if you're getting one at the deadline. I mean, again, you know, Ekholm was the name last year. He was signed to a long-term deal with predators. Um, And so I I don't know if you're going to find one at the deadline. If you're creative to try to find one, they tried with Mike Riley last year, looked good for a bit, but clearly wasn't a top four defender on a really good team. So that's the thing. And again, Marina goes back to one word drafting. You've got to draft well. And that was a big deficiency with this crew. Yeah. And that was a big (laughs) deficiency with this team for a long time. And again, you know, I mean, you could look at the D Grizzlick, uh, McAvoy, Carlo, you know, really obviously great draft picks, but around that there wasn't a ton, right? And that's a huge issue that you have to go out and sign depth forwards and you got to go out and sign uh, and trade for fringe top four defensemen like Riley right. and Forbert. So I don't know. It's an interesting team. And what's unfortunate for everybody is uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a team with a lot of question marks with not a lot of games thus far. But again, you mentioned you mentioned the schedule coming up. Obviously, we have people have, you know, you have Buffalo Wednesday night, then you have Rangers Friday for the Black Friday game. Sunday, you got the Canucks. Tuesday, you got the Red Wings. I mean, you can just go Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, you just keep playing. They do have a little time off, though, because they're going out west between December 4th and December 8th. So that's another little break, I guess. Schedule, um, <laughs> schedule is just nuts. It is a wild schedule I'm looking at right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have a lot of games coming up. In not a lot of time, which is the complete opposite of what they had for the first two months. Uh, but for all that, Marina, what can the people look forward to from you for all of this great Bruins stuff? Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Marina K. Mar. Also on Instagram, I'm Marina K. Mar. 
gonna hopefully put some podcasts together here. It's been such a weird schedule, right? Like, oh, yeah. uh, at times I'm like, what what would I talk about on a podcast if I did it right uh, right now? And then you kind of got to pull stuff from thin air. <laughs> so, um, hopefully, start to do some more podcasting soon. But yeah, you can follow me along, uh, read my blogs on BarfoolSports.com. Everybody, go do that for CLS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs> Thank you.